Welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hilkathuria. Thank you guys for tuning in t- again today. From the subtle art of not giving a fuck. We must all give a fuck about something in order to value something. And to value something, we must reject what is not that something. To value X, we must reject non-X. Mark Manson. So what are values? Values make up your identity. They shape the way we think, the decisions we make, the actions we take, the foods we consume, the content we consume, the people we spend time with, the activities we do, our hobbies, the way we go about our daily routine. But how do you develop your values? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it a combination of both? Is it skewed towards one side or the other? How does it work? Why am I talking about this? Are values important? And if so, why are they important? I believe they're incredibly important. Values are what shape us at our core, at our being. Now, if you're listening to this and think, I've never thought about my values, how do I even start? What do I do to find my values? I'm going to take you through how I found what my values are. Because if you haven't hashed them out, it's really going to clarify the direction that you're taking in your life. So try this exercise, the same thing I did. I wrote down the prompt. I wrote down the prompt, who do you value spending time with? So I'm not asking what are my values. I said, who do I value spending time with? This is what I wrote down. I value spending time with friends who share the same interests as myself. My interests include working out, climbing, running, testing myself mentally, the outdoors, philosophy, reading, cooking, entrepreneurship, business, self-improvement. That's built point one. Point two, I value spending time with those who help build me up to become a better, stronger person. Value three, I value spending time with those who intellectually stimulate me to think deeper and explore my beliefs. Four, I value spending time with younger cats who have the potential to become incredibly great productive members of society and not great at whatever they're doing, but great people. I want to see them get better. So I value spending my time with them. The last thing is I value spending time with those who are closest to me. And those who are closest to me are my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, my grandparents, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, those who share the same DNA, the same flesh and blood as me. And just because they're your family doesn't mean you automatically have good relationships with them. Those relationships need to be cultivated. 
but those are the people that cultivating relationships with are the most important. You share the most in common with those people. It doesn't need to be your interests. You are literally the same blood. So I highly value cultivating that sort of relationship. So based off of everything that I wrote down, I can start to deduce what are my values. So let's go through them. Number one, freedom. I value freedom. Freedom in being able to make decisions for myself. Freedom in being able to go where I want to go, to live where I want to live, and to not be burdened by having to wait to do those things, having to wait to go to those places, not having a time delay to do the things I want to do, not having a financial hold on myself where I can't afford to do the things that I want to do. I can't afford to have the experiences that I want to have. And as I get older, I can't afford to put my family in a house where they are feeling comfortable and happy and sustained, where I don't have the finances to take them skiing, or I don't have the finances to take them on a vacation, or I don't have the finances to give my kids the childhood that I deem is productive and going to give them a good life. So freedom is the base concept behind being able to embark upon interesting projects, exciting adventures, and make the decisions to shape my day. And the reason why I'm putting freedom at the number one value on my list is because I don't even possess true freedom. I don't have financial freedom. I'm a college student dependent upon my parents. I don't have time freedom. I can't choose to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I have responsibilities to show up to school to do well. I have a responsibility to do well for those that are paying for my school to make sure it's an investment that is valuable. I don't have location freedom. I'm stuck in the city of Dallas. Whether I want to be here or not, that's where I am. And that's where I have to be until I get this degree. So I need to do what I need to do to accomplish freedom. And that's why it's my number one value. Number two, health. Man, it, I have a Sam's Club membership. And every time I go to Sam's Club, I see a ton of overweight people. You know, and they... The way they position these stores is so that there's the highest calorie, highest margin, highest sugar items right in the front. And everyone who doesn't have the self-control, who doesn't have the habits to eat healthy food, to resist the temptation, who have those cravings, they pick up that food and they put it in their cart. And I just see see the pounds coming on. I envision it. I envision the heart failure. I envision the diabetes. I envision the high blood pressure. And it makes me so incredibly sad. I feel for those people. I empathize with those people. I see the overweight people in my family. It makes me sad. I see the what they have to go through to manage their diabetes. It makes me sad. 
Health is so important. Even if I possess the financial freedom, the location freedom, the time freedom, if I'm a fat fuck, how am I going to take advantage of any of it? How am I going to be able to go on that exciting heli skiing adventure if I can't even barely sit up and down from the toilet? How am I going to go enjoy all of the amazing pastas and different types of food in Italy if I have to worry that I'm eating too many carbs for my blood sugar? Fuck, man. Like, fuck. Everyone who doesn't prioritize their health, you know, everything we do is a choice. And you, ha- I, I can't, I don't have control over the choices that other people make, but... When I see the choices that people make limit them from doing the things that even they want to do, it fucks me up inside. It really, really just digs deep. And maybe it's because I know that there's a high propensity to develop high blood pressure, diabetes, heart failure in my family. And I don't want that to be me. Absolutely. That is, it's not a fear I have. But it's something I am going to do everything in my power to avoid through being healthy. Health enables me, it enables you to take advantage of freedom. If I'm not healthy, I would not be able to take advantage of opportunities as they are presented. Let's say tomorrow my best friend comes out and says, hey, let's go canoeing. Let's go canoeing in the Gulf of Mexico. We're starting in at the beach, we're going to South Padre Island. Just It's an island off the coast. I say, hey man, I'm just not in shape to do that. I don't think I can do that. My buddy who just moved to Colorado, he says, hey, let's go climb a mountain. Let's go climb this 14,000 foot mountain, which there's only, there's 50 of in Colorado. Let's go do it. And I said, hey man, I don't think I can handle the altitude. I'm not in good health. Let's say we want to go to a restaurant, maybe enjoy some good wine, enjoy some good food, maybe eat a little bit more than I normally do. If my health is in good shape, I can't take advantage of those times to indulge because I've already overindulged in my life. You know, I want to live a long, capable life and witness my family lineage increase. I want to be a part of my grandchildren's lives. So for that reason, I'm making health a priority in the short and the long term. I want to be a part of my grandchildren's lives. And you know what? Health, this value of health, it doesn't only apply to me. I want to see my parents live a long, healthy life. I see some of those bad health habits creep in. I try to help where I can. But everything we do is a choice. Everything they do is a choice. They have a choice to listen to me or not. I have a choice to listen to them or not. Health is important. Next value. I just took a sip of my green juice. Okay, next value, fitness. Fitness, and it, it kind of pairs with health, but it's a little bit different. Fitness is a deep, deep part of my soul. It is ingrained in the deepest core of my body. Fitness. When I wrote, who do I value spending time with? Let's think, 
Let's examine how many of those things are related to fitness. I said, my interests include working out, climbing, running, testing myself mentally, outdoors, philosophy, reading, cooking, and self-improvement. So out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, five, five of out, five of my main interests are directly related to fitness, and I probably didn't even cover all of them. This is a part of me, deeply ingrained into my daily routine. I yearn, I'm eager to push myself to new limits through the fitness game. Regardless of the activity, I'm here to test my limits. I want to see where I can progress. Progression is, is so, so important to me. It doesn't matter where I am in my journey, but am I progressing? And fitness is a great way to express that need for improvement and for progression. I really, truly enjoy training for strength, training for hypertrophy, training for explosive power, training for long distance running, short distance sprinting, climbing, playing sports with my friends. I love to go out and play sand volleyball and spike ball, pickleball, tennis, racquetball, basketball. If I wasn't prioritizing my fitness, I would not be able to compete with my friends. What kind of feeling would I have when everyone is doing so much better and I'm the one who gets picked last or I'm the one who can't compete. I'm the one who has to let his teammates down because I have the opportunity for the game winning shot. I have the opportunity to put the ball away at match point and you whiff. Man, that would fucking suck. Not only because I'm competitive and I want to win, but because I let my teammates down. So I don't let that happen. I'm on the bike. I'm on the spin bike, fucking doing circuits. I'm on the assault bike, pushing myself, trying to put out a thousand fucking watts. I'm on the treadmill. I'm running outside. I'm doing my tempo runs, my sprints my long distance runs, I'm building my aerobic base. I'm building hyper, I'm building muscle through hypertrophy and then I'm building strength on top of that muscle so I can actually fucking use the muscle fibers that I build. I'm doing box jumps and broad jumps and trying to train how to dunk because I believe in training myself in all facets of fitness to become the most well-rounded athletic person that I can be. Because it's all a part of the progression. If I'm not fucking progressing, what am I doing? Fitness is truly one of the best outlets for you to get better every day. It's an aspect of self-improvement. Self-improvement is this such, such a broad term. Such a wide fucking overarching umbrella. You know, the easiest thing to start doing in self-improvement is to get on your fitness game. Like I said before... Fitness is also a group activity. I use it to build camaraderie with people of all ages. Whether I'm playing sports with my friends, with my peers, and I'm deepening our bond through competition, 
through striving to beat the other team, but at the same time building our own communication skills, building that nonverbal communication, being able to read my friend through his movements, read his expressions, being able to understand how this person thinks and move fluidly together without needing to communicate, that's building camaraderie. Now when I see that guy walking around, I see that guy we meet up for coffee, that bond is so much closer. We have another thing to talk about, another shared experience. Fitness builds camaraderie, sports builds camaraderie. You know, in the gym, younger guys, the less jacked guys, the people who have less experience, they look up to me for advice. That's another way of building camaraderie because now I get to share with younger guys, what did I do in my journey to get to this point? How did I build this muscle? How did I get the strength to do those things? How do I get the mobility to get into these positions and then also contract out of them and still be strong? I get to build cool relationships with guys who are younger than me and girls, guys and girls who are younger than me and get to live through them as I share the trials the failures that I've experienced through my training journey and allow them to bypass those by using me as a resource. How fucking cool is that? Everywhere where I messed up, they don't they don't need to mess up. I get to tell them, hey dude, you're gonna fucking hurt yourself that way. I'm not gonna just say it like that. I'm gonna be a nice person, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna communicate honestly, but kindly, that what they're doing is gonna fuck them up. Hey, you're doing awesome. I love to see how hard you're working. And if you don't mind, I've I've been doing this exercise for a long time and I've found a lot of cool, you know, nuances and tips that can really really enhance your progress through this one exercise. Do you mind if I demonstrate? I really truly want to help you. When you approach someone like that, they they have they there's no response but yeah, dude, th- thanks. I'd love to see what you got. And then whatever I'm going to show them, it better be fucking useful, and it is. Because if it's not, you just wasted that person's time. (sighs) Younger people look up to me advice. It builds camaraderie. Now, on another level, and I've already talked about this through the sports, but me and my peers, we push ourselves to our limits together. How cool is that? Just from the lens of lifting. I have been in the gym, and... You know, maybe I do 15 reps, but my partner knows me so well that he knows I got 22 and I only did 15, so I'm seven reps away from failure. Does that sound like I'm getting better seven reps away from failure? I know it. He knows it. Maybe mentally I'm not totally there right now. I'm thinking about something else, and then all of a sudden I say, no, motherfucker, get back on the machine. Get back under the bar. You have five more reps. That builds camaraderie. And you know what? I'm going to do the same thing for him. We're both pushing ourselves to get better every single day. The next thing is through fitness, it provides an outlet to ask for advice from older, more experienced people. To gain knowledge. Right? So in some cases, I am the person, I am the older, more experienced person where people come to me for advice. 
but I do the same thing to older, more experienced people. There's three levels to it. People ask me for advice. I push people who are at the same level. They push me and we both go to older, more experienced people for advice. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy slash loop of gaining knowledge through experience and inquiry. And that's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful cycle. I get to apply knowledge that I gain from other people in my workouts, test if it makes sense or not, see if it's a success or a failure, try it out with my peers, and then me and my peers get to pass that on again to someone younger. Fitness is so cool. It allows you to push yourself. It allows you to build camaraderie with those younger, those the same age, and those older. You get to build on your skills of communication and friendship and community. Fitness is a part of me. It's one of the most intrinsic values that is a part of my soul. Next value, adventure. I love adventure. I love to experience new places, people, foods, activities, sports, countries, counties, nuances in food, dialects and language, different accents. You know, I, I'm in Dallas and I went out to East Texas today. You know how cool that was to see like true Texans? Living in the city, you can be from Texas, but it's almost the same as every other American city. Every metropolitan city in the country is so similar. But then I went out into East Texas, out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, and I got to experience some true Texans. Living a truly free life. Now I see what the appeal is about living in Texas. You know, people are living in these huge plots of land, wide open prairie, cows and horses and goats and beautiful trees and beautiful greenery. I was surprised how beautiful it was. Texas blew me away today. And for someone who shit on this state so much, Texas blew me the fuck away. And I'm so happy I experienced it. Not to mention I was going fucking ziplining on a mountain. Yeah, maybe it's a mountain with only a thousand feet of elevation, but that's really fucking cool in Texas. I got to a point where I had a different perspective of the surroundings around me. That adventure, that experience of new things was incredible. It was awesome. You know, I love to just go out on the trail sometimes and see where it takes me. I don't know where the fuck I'm going, but I'm going to go out 5-10 miles and then turn around and come back. Let's see what I experience. Let's see what plants I encounter. Let's see what type of flying creatures I encounter. Let's see what type of trees, animals. Who the fuck knows? Maybe I see a bear. That'd be kind of cool, right? It's the, the sense of unknown and venturing out into the unknown and who knows what experience you're going to have. Going out onto a new lake for, for a first time. Kayaking out to the middle, seeing the mountains around you. Seeing the colors in the sky on a sunset in a new place. In a new time of year. Seeing the trees change color on the onset of spring in some beautiful place in nature. Going out to a new lake. Me driving out to the Ozarks to experience Arkansas. Me driving out to Taos, New Mexico to see what the mountains are like over there. Me driving out to the Appalachians. Even going to new metropolitan cities. 
Who knows what type of food, what type of culture is going to be there. I came to Dallas and experienced Tex-Mex. Growing up in Southern California, the only type of te Mexican food I knew was real Mexican food. And now I come here and they're serving me queso and you know weird types of fajitas and whatever the fuck they like here. And it was a new experience. Regardless if I like it or not, it was new and it was exciting. Adventure is incredible. You know, you don't know what you're going to find. You don't know where you're going to find it. You don't know who you're going to encounter. I find that so fucking cool. When I'm hiking out in the mountains, I hop on the trail. Maybe there's 2,000 feet of switchbacks right in front of me, and I'm going up a mountain. And at the top, there's fields covered in snow. I've had that experience. Where we're at a certain elevation, it's pretty. There's streams around us. There's a massive fucking granite wall right there. The guide says, hey, we're going up that thing. And I think, what? We're fucking free soloing a granite wall? No. <laughs> Obviously not. But there's 2,000 feet of switchbacks, and that's going to be really fucking hard. But A, you're going to have an amazing sense of accomplishment when you get to the top. And B, you're going to find something cool. You're going to have a different perspective on where you just were. You're going to be able to look down and see where you slept last night. Isn't that awesome? Whatever I find... Wherever I find it, whenever I find it, I cherish those new experiences. I deeply, deeply cherish those new experiences because I don't know when I'm going to develop another core memory, something that shapes the way I perceive the world. I don't know, but it could be there. Adventure and new experiences are incredible. And to be honest, I think the payoff for these adventures increases when the effort to reach the finish line is greater. The more effort that it requires to get to that end goal, whether you know what it is or not, it really enhances the end line, the finish. It makes it feel so much fucking. And not to say that an easy adventure diminishes the, the reward. Going on an easy adventure is still very rewarding, but difficult, grueling adventures enhance that reward exponentially. That graph goes from a steady linear line to shooting up to the fucking moon like a, a spacecraft. It's incredible. There's no reward like you experience when you've summited that 14,000 foot mountain and have that new perspective of everything around you. When you can get to see for miles and miles away, when you get to sign that little, that little notebook at the top, Sitting in that ammo can, you sign that notebook, sign your name, say, I was here. I made it. Now I'm a part of history. I have many experiences when I'm going skiing where it's a new mountain. I pop into the trees. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. I'm just here for the ride. Let, let's let life take me on a ride and let's see where it goes. Let's pop in between these trees. Let's pop through those moguls. Let's take that chairlift. Who knows where it fucking takes us? could be really goddamn cool. The ability to get past the fear of the unknown and accept the unknown and get into it and really be stoked about, I don't know what's going to happen. And that's cool. That's beautiful. It's amazing. Adventure is amazing. Let's go find out what's on the other side. Next value. And I have two here but I've combined them into one because they're greatly interrelated. 
and that's home and family. The reason why I have home and family together is because I believe that home is defined by where your closest family reside. Where your closest family reside. It's the people that make your home. It's not the place. It's not the location. You can hold ties to a place. It can be, you can hold so many memories at a certain place, but once the people that you cherish are no longer in that place, what, what value does it hold? It's not as great as where your deepest relationships are. I live in Dallas, Texas, but home is where my family is. My family isn't here in Dallas. Home is where my family is. Your family is maybe your biggest asset in life, in my life at least. Family is my biggest support structure. Family is what drives my life right now. Family is the first place I go to for advice when I'm in a situation where I don't know what the fuck to do. If it's not something I want to talk about with my parents, I'm going to go talk to my sister. We're only two and a half years apart. She's just a little bit older than me. But we're close enough in age where we have so much shared experience of how the world treats us. Family is so, so deeply important. I love my family. I love them so deeply. And I experience a plethora of love and support from my family, which makes me love them back. They empower me to go on my journey and experience life. They empower me to make decisions, to, to experience new things, to have failures and successes. I also experience a ton of resistance to some ideas I have in my life from my family. That resistance is what truly makes me understand why I want to do certain things. If, I'm, if I get resistance from, my, from people who support me, from people who just truly want the best for me, I propose an idea and they say, hey, that's not a good idea. It makes me think, makes me delve deeper into do I want to do this, do I not? And if I truly want to do that idea, if I truly want to embark upon that path, I'm going to double down and go even harder to prove that this is the right way and gain that support and love for the path that I'm going because truly what they want is success, is to have a a nice, comfortable life and to see their family lineage continue. Just like how I said I want to see my family lineage continue, my parents want to see their family lineage continue. Whether it's support or whether it's resistance, it really helps me figure out what is right in my own life, hearing what they think, hearing what that extra 30 years of life experience, how that shapes their thoughts. It's really, really important to cultivate deep relationships with your family, your DNA, your own flesh of blood. At the end of the day, and this is with your immediate family, you have the most shared experience with your family. And shared experience builds strong relationships. Now, I can't speak for everyone, but this is how my life has shaped up to this moment. I have the most shared experience with my family. And I can look back on those shared experiences and that's where the love comes from. The longer you wait before making the effort to create more shared experience, 
the higher the risk is in devaluing or losing your relationship. I'm going to expand on that. So what reinforces relationships is having shared experience. And the stronger your shared experience or the more shared experience you have, the stronger your relationship. But over time, if you wait and wait and wait to have another shared experience, the strength of your relationship is going to diminish. If it's really strong, it's going to go slow. If it's a really strong family bond, it may diminish really slowly, years and years and years. But if you don't make the effort to reinforce it, it's still going to lose. Making an effort to continue the shared experience to reinforce your familial relationships is so important to me to create those long-lasting, strong connections. The same concepts apply to friends. If you really want to develop good relationships with your friends, create more shared experience. Share things you love with them. Share things you, the things that make you the most happy in the world. Share it with your family and your friends. Your relationships will become stronger. Next value, gratitude. I'm incredibly grateful for my circumstances. I'm grateful for the position that my family has put me in life. I'm grateful for all of the successes I've had. I'm grateful for the opportunities available to me. I'm grateful for the resources available at my university. I'm grateful for all of the failures I've had because those are a roadmap to success for me in the future. I'm grateful for the internet and me being able to have role models who I have never met and will likely never meet, but through social media or Spotify or podcasts or Twitter or YouTube. I'm able to follow people who have accomplished what I want to do. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Growing up in my parents' generation or the parents before them or the parents before them, all I had is the people in my village and the people in my family. And now I'm able to look at people who have made it, who have made it far beyond what everyone in the past 10 generations of family of my family far beyond the wealth that they have produced and i can look to those people and say okay how do i 100x the wealth that my family has produced over the entirety of time i'm grateful for that i'm grateful for my parents they've shaped me regardless if your experiences or stages of life were good or bad be grateful it shaped who you are. Be grateful for yourself. Love yourself. Fucking love yourself. You are your own greatest friend and your own greatest enemy. Be grateful that you exist on this planet and love yourself. Only if you love yourself can you take the steps to getting better and moving forward. If your parents fucked you up as a kid, the first step to healing is loving yourself and being grateful. I'm grateful my parents fucked me up because now I have that experience and I know, not, I know what to do with my children. I know that, do I want to cultivate a good, healthy child not to do what my parents did? Love yourself for that. Know that you have an experience which is unique to you. You have only one place to go but up, but you have to love yourself first. If you hate yourself, you're going to have no desire to improve. Only those who truly love themselves, who are grateful for their experiences, can get better because they want to build themselves. 
I, me, myself, I'm grateful that I was bullied in elementary school. I'm grateful that when my mom dropped me off to school in first grade, that a boy came up right in front of me, in front of my mom and slapped me in the face. I'm grateful that in recess, the boys would pull my ear and hurt me in various ways. I'm grateful that they made fun of me because I wasn't the most athletic kid. I'm grateful that they made fun of me because I had a little bit more fat on my chest. I'm grateful that I couldn't make deeper relationships in high school. I'm grateful that I was on the outskirts of the friend group. I'm grateful that I didn't get invited to the closer events. Those experiences taught me valuable life lessons on confidence, communication, interpersonal relationships. Communication and connection has now become one of my passions. The ability to connect with people and leave them with a positive influence has now become a passion for me. And you know how that came about? It came about because people fucked me up as a kid. Because I wasn't able to connect with the people I wanted to. And now it's a skill that I have and I'm going to continue to cultivate for the rest of my life. What a position that's putting me in now. I'm ahead of the game because I have a skill to communicate, to connect with people on anything. I can talk to a fucking brick wall now. I'm talking to a goddamn computer screen right now. Hoping that I can provide value to whoever the fuck is listening. I'm grateful for those experiences because now I have a podcast and I'm sharing the things I've learned with, with you guys. I'm grateful. Next value, learning. I love to learn. Loving, loving to learn has, uh, has changed my life. It's changed my life. Our modern school system does a great job at beating the love to learn out of you. As a young kid, my parents bought me books. I remember for my, I was in third grade, however old I was, my birthday, my mom asked me, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want books. So we went to Barnes and Noble and we bought books and we were driving home and there was a TV shoot. Literally a CSI show was being shot on our street. And my mom said, hey, come out. Let's go see the TV show. That's pretty cool, right? There's literally a Hollywood show being filmed on my street. But I couldn't be bothered to even get out of the car because my head was buried in a book. That's how much I love to read. How much I love to learn. Around late middle school, early high school, I stopped reading. But why? Why was the kid who was so... I was so stoked on reading. So stoked on learning. Why did that kid stop reading? I believe because I was bombarded with a bunch of other crap that I had no interest in reading, it beat me up. It beat that, that love of reading out of me. My mind started to associate reading with shitty homework rather than the intellectually stimulating, fantastical journey of my childhood. Jur reading used to be a journey, a journey through my mind, where as I'm Reading those words on the pages, it's translating into a full feature-length film in my head. That got killed. Luckily, as of late, I've rediscovered my love for learning.
And that's thanks to some of those role models I've found on the internet. I've reignited my passion for reading, consistently buying books. I'm reading shit on so much cool stuff, it's making me better. Buying books covering greatness, what drives greatness, what drives success, what are the intrinsic values behind those who are the winners in life. Books about business, how do I create a business, how as an entrepreneur, how do I create a business to go out into the workplace and beat everyone else. Buying books on communication. Like I said a few minutes ago, communication and connection is one of my passions. And now, along with learning being one of my values, I am constantly trying to learn how to increase my ability to communicate and talk and connect better. I'm buying books on social psychology. Like, that's fucking awesome. I'm trying to learn how do human brains work. We're pack animals. We're tribal animals. So how do we interact? What is the science behind it? Why do we do the things we do? What are those subconscious processes that are happening which drive human behavior? It's so interesting to me. I can't believe that there was a period of five, six years where I wasn't reading. And my rate of learning has dramatically increased because I'm interested in learning. It's crazy how much just an interest in something has changed the rate at which I'm able to accomplish new things. It's really just another aspect of my self-improvement journey. I'm improving consistently day to day on my ability to learn, on my ability to accumulate more knowledge and accumulate knowledge at a faster rate. I'm intrinsically motivated to become the best version of myself and pass on what I learned to others to accumulate as much knowledge, but then pass it on. Because learning is not only me learning the knowledge and being selfish and holding it for myself, it's delivering it to others too. Not only to see them get better, but because a teacher learns twice. It's one thing to be able to read ideas and memorize them, but being able to teach it to other people, that's true learning. If I can conceptually understand ideas and why those ideas work the way they do and then make someone who's never encountered that stuff understand it, not only have I changed that person's life, I've reinforced my understanding to another degree and now my life is better too. I, the other day, I had an incredibly motivating conversation with a young man about confidence in public speaking and approaching girls. And I was able to pass on mental frameworks to drive his success only because I had already learned those frameworks for myself. After the conversation, he left with a giant smile and a fire under his ass to start winning. This was my perception of how things were going. He said, Nick Hill, you're a really cool guy. Thank you. I'm going to try. So earlier today... This same guy is on the ziplining trip with me in East Texas. And he told me, Nick Hill, I absolutely killed that presentation that I was worried about. I was so scared, I was so worried, and I absolutely killed it. And I asked him, okay, 
what did I tell you that really made the difference? And this is what he told me. The main quotes he took away, catch your negative beliefs and reverse it. Only hold the beliefs that serve you. Tell yourself you're going to do well. Don't hold any self-limiting beliefs. And this one, this last one, the heavy hitter, don't pre-justify your failures. Now, what does that mean? Let's use an example of going up to approach a pretty girl. He told me a lot of the times he wouldn't even go up to a girl because he would already think, hey, I'm not going to be able to hold a conversation with that girl, so there's no point in doing it. That girl is probably an airhead, so there's no point in talking to her. I'm probably not going to do well, so why try? And I told him, dude, you're, you're expecting yourself to fail. And now you're justifying it in your head that because you think you're going to fail, there's no point in trying. And that's essentially a pre-justification of a failure that hasn't happened. Don't pre-justify your failures. I thought that one was super powerful. It was actually fucking original. Maybe I subconsciously heard it somewhere. I don't remember if I got that from anywhere else. It's probably an amalgamation of different things that I've heard. But in my head, that's original. Don't pre-justify your failures. Last one, accountability. Accountability to do the things that are important to me. Accountability to maintain all of the values that I've listed. Accountability to strive for freedom. Accountability to maintain my health. Accountability to maintain my fitness. Accountability to continue to go on adventures. Accountability to maintain my familial and friend friendly relationships. Accountability to stay grateful for my circumstances. Accountability to continue to read and love to learn. Holding myself accountable to complete my work is, asking, is adding massive momentum to my life direction. I'm more successful and happier. I'm the happiest I've ever fucking been in my life because I'm starting to hold myself accountable. I hold more pride in the work that I'm doing and accomplishing. I'm loving myself more. I understand my shortcomings and I'm using accountability to slowly improve on them. What does that mean? I'm being accountable in my journey for self-improvement. Accountability is the neat little bow that wraps up all of the other values in a nice Christmas present. It creates habits. Not being accountable for good habits destroys them in their infancy. It's really easy to start doing a good habit for three, four, five days. But if you're not accountable in your head, it's you're going to slowly revert back to what is baseline. Because it takes a long time to actually create a new baseline. So hold yourself fucking accountable. Being accountable to yourself, being accountable to myself has provided this deep sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. Being accountable to keep recording this podcast feels fucking awesome. Being accountable to edit the damn thing and publish it and put it up on the internet and not be scared of what people are going to think is fucking awesome. Accountability. Accountability to actually finish the books that I start. 
accountability to turn my fucking homework in on time, to do well in school, to not disappoint those who have who are literally paying for my education so that it provides some value for me. Not for them, for me. They are paying thousands of dollars to provide value for my life. So the least I should do is have some goddamn accountability. Those are my values. If you haven't hashed out your values, I suggest taking a second to think about what you value in life. Think about who you value spending time with. Write it down. Put it on a piece of paper. Have an outside perspective and think, are these truly my values? Start writing. Fucking do it. We must all give a fuck about something in order to value something. So what do you give a fuck about? What do you care about? Who are the people that you care about? What are the activities that you enjoy to do? Figure out what you give a fuck about. And that's probably what you value. To value something, we must reject what is not that something. Don't care about what other people value if it's not your own. It doesn't fucking matter. Don't do what other people are doing because you want to associate with those people if they are not practicing your values because you're just holding yourself back. You're putting a pause on your own life to please other people. Give a fuck about what you give a fuck about. Value what you give a fuck about. Reject everything else. This was the Modern Man Podcast. I'm your host, Nikhil Kathuria. Hopefully I provided you some value today. If you enjoyed listening, please drop us a follow. Leave any questions in the Q&A section below. Anything, any feedback is much appreciated. I love you guys. Have a good one.